Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Man Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting in the ring room with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Thank you, Thelma. How are you? <laughs> What's okay, going Louise, on? I'm good. No. Yeah, I see you started calling me that, and you have a reason for it. You want you have something you want to get off your chest, Manny? Yeah. Thelma yeah. Schumacher, the great editor yes. uh, for Martin Scorsese. Yes. And you're a great editor, because you seem Thank to you. edit out stuff on the show that I don't know about. I guess I have to listen more to the show. Yeah, yeah you should check it out. Yeah. Check it out sometime. Yeah, so uh, that's why your new name is Thelma. Well, okay. You Call me what you will. You know, because you like to edit bits. Well, he likes to edit things. I, I edited a bit. And it was, uh, you know, I, I do many things on the show, Manny. I, I, uh, I do a lot of pre-production. I do a lot of post-production. I do a lot of uh, publicity. I do uh, uh, editing as well, editing of all sorts. You know, interesting thing, of all the things I don't edit, I would say I don't edit about 99.999% of what you say. Uh-huh. So if this was uh, college, I would be on the dean's list of not editing you. Okay. All right. Well, you seem like you're shaking there. Why yeah, are you yeah, shaking? I'm a, little, I'm a little amped up. Yeah, you're a little yeah, amped really up. I'm really ready to go. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, you know, um, yeah. But, I mean, the one bit that you edit is about a... Uh, Something that's a beautiful thing. Well, it's, it's well, a, something it's, that happens to, to women, which is a beautiful thing. Well, it's not something that women want to have men discuss in a... In I've a, said this joke, this bit, to like so many women in the last week, and they all laugh hysterically. I know that absolutely can't be true. That is true. Okay. So who, well, is, are you do, editing the show with your wife or something? No. No, I'm editing this, the show with... Uh, the audience in mind, you yeah. know. And well, they're troubled, the, the, and they would like to hear this stuff. Well, you know, scatology generally doesn't... doesn't I have no idea what that me means, scatology? You know, bathroom uh, humor, you know. Oh, really? Like something that a 10-year-old I told boy would you, be I told in. you when you approached me with this, when you got uh-huh. me into this thing, right. I said to you, don't edit me. That's okay. the one promise, that, that's the only thing I asked for, is don't edit me. And well, what did you do? And I, you edited me. W- this one time I did, yes. Yeah, well, I don't know. I have to go back and listen to all 70 shows now to see what else you edited out. Well, maybe you should do that anyway. Yeah, I, maybe I should do that. All right, well, introduce our guest. I don't want to say anything else because you might edit it. Well, I, you know. Um, well, how was your week? Oh, it was great till tonight. <laughs> really, tell us about it. No, I'm not going to say anything because I might be edited. You well, know, I have, a, I have a bit that I want to talk about, but it's probably too much for you, so it's going to be edited. Well, let's see. No, no, just go on, move, move on. <laughs> well, I do have to say that, uh, you know, the bit that you, that you developed in the wake of, of this discovery... I thought was actually comedy gold. Really? What's that? Well, where you started texting me during my gig and saying, uh, you know, so you said, why did you edit this? And I said, I told you exactly why, because this is not something that a woman wants to hear a man talk about. And your comeback was, fuck you. So interesting comeback. Um, that wasn't during a gig. That was during... Uh, no, that was during my gig. That was oh, really? you were texting me as I was playing a gig. Yeah, when yeah, was, was this? This was Friday night. I was okay. playing at, uh, okay. at, at the Maple Leaf with Loose Cattle, Michael Serverus and Kimberly uh, K. That's a hell of a gig. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Good. Yeah. Um, so, so then you continued God, on... God, is he shaking? Look at his hands are shaking. I'm a shaky guy. Yeah, I, shaky are you on guy. crack or are you on coke or something? I'm a Look shaky at him. guy, man. I always yeah. am. Yeah, I always okay. Am. Um, so then you... you you have a few more choice things to say, and you edit, you, you, you finish the, uh, the whole thing with, 
if you were a real Jew, right. you would think this is funny. Yeah, because Jews a, have great senses of humor. Well, clearly, you But know, you're really not a real Jew. You're just a convert, right? Well, Manny, that's such an insulting thing to say. I realize yeah. you're trying to hurt me, and I yeah. think it's so funny that, uh, that you went from zero to the most abusive thing that you could say just immediately. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've been in a band for about 30 years, and you know how many times we've told each other, fuck you? Zero. Wow. How many times? Oh, okay, we'll get to you. That's Chris. not like my band. That's yeah, not like any band I've well, ever heard of. Well, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know. That's not <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. I got, I got this, this, this is a lot of questions. Again. So, Manny. Yeah. Jewish. No, I'm not Jewish. You are Jewish he's converted. Jew. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's because you married into a Jewish family? Um, well, I, I did marry a Jewish girl, but I didn't convert for marriage. I converted much after that, but before we had children. For really, the jokes. Really just... For the jokes. Yeah, for well, the jokes. Yeah, yeah for If the I joke. could do that, yeah. I would do that. That'd not, be enough not, for me. Not for the jokes, for <laughs> myself, really, for my soul. But, uh, uh, but and it just felt right for me, you know, it felt, it resonated with me. And, you know, we have a Jewish family and, you know, I, I, I hope to have Jewish grandchildren. Manny thinks it's a subject that's, that's worthy of mocking me about. <laughs> you guys, I, I don't know why I, I thought of this, but uh, this reminds me of the, did you watch the Larry Sanders show back in sure. the day? Yeah. And they had that show where uh, the, the writer uh, was was making fun of the, of the gay assistant Scott Thompson, okay, and uh, and they end up and, hooking up. And Artie comes down on the rider. He's like, "What are you doing? What do you think you're fucking doing? Don't you know who runs Hollywood?" And the rider goes, "Yeah, the Jews." He's like, Artie goes, "No, the gay Jews." <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. I think uh, I think if I had you know when I went to Tulane, I thought that Jewish American princesses were the most exotic creatures on the world and I fully thought that I would eventually marry one and convert to Judaism See, myself. growing up in LA I really did. I, I, I really knew, did. Growing up in LA I knew a lot of Japs. Jewish yeah. American princesses. Yeah. They, we call really them a, Japs. Not really a term that, that uh, Jewish girls Don't edit me, appreciate. Renee. All right. Just Go. saying. Just just, yeah. uh, just no, they were Japs. Uh-huh. You know, and they would do they would do anything to piss off their parents, like date guys like me, you know, Hispanics and stuff like that. But the one thing you want to make a, a Jap really angry, you fuck her really good, and then you wipe your dick on her drapes. That's the best <laughs> thing you can do. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You know? And I knew a wow. lot of Japs yeah. in L.A. Man. A lot of drapes yeah. with... Uh, yeah. That need right. a so why don't we introduce cleaning. this guy since he's talking already, Renee? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Sorry about jumping in. I just oh, no, I had no, to. No, 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 he had we, to. We, we like that. I, I get like that. that. We I like get that. that. We like that. I sense of a lot of hostility between you two. Well, you know, it, it, we were fine in the last show until and then, he edited and, out my one a well, funny fucking. Wait, wait, bit. wait a second! What did he edit out? Well, a, a, I, an, I don't. An uncouth mean, joke? Yes, it was uncouth something involving. No, involving, it wasn't even uh, a joke. It was just a bit. Uh, it was a bit. It didn't about, have a punchline. It was. Just it did a, have a punchline. The punchline was. I don't know what time of month to have this event. That was the punchline, and I've told that to so many people, and they've laughed hysterically. Okay. Wow. So for you, wow. I guess not. No, because you know, no, I think he's listening to the show with his wife. I really do. <laughs> you know. Well, my wife does listen to the show, but she doesn't edit the show. Okay, I, I, I produce right, the show. Well, 
Funny bit. Funny bit. But All right. you know, whatever. Well, I'd like to hear that bit, but maybe yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, off, yeah, yeah. Off yeah, yeah. Let, I could let, say it right now. No, no, let's not. He already did it You know what I could tell you? I could tell you right now. Chris, Chris, you're Chris, right? Yeah. Your brother's Benji, right? Correct. Okay. Introduce him, Renee. So uh, our, our guest here has uh, been in a, a very successful band for a long time. He's a native of Alaska. Okay, get it together, man. Come on. But not a native. <laughs> not a native. Okay. Not a native. I'm, 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 I'm messing it up already. Anyway, he has a, a, a new record out with his solo act, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's getting great reviews. I guess I'll jump right to it. Without further ado, Mr. Chris Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! All my fans are here. How great is that? In the ring room? How did they know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> how does anyone know in the ring room? Well, you got a great voice, man. You really do. Thank when I you. see you guys, your band, Supergroup, you and your brother, who uh, who used to fire and he'd fire you every once in a while and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, of course. And say fuck you too over thirty years of being in a band or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure. In fact, our good friend Ian Wadley. You know Ian. Sure, yeah. He oh, tells okay. a story. Uh, he's hanging out with you two in the quarter. You got, went and saw some bands, and you're in a cab together, or in a car together, before Uber, I think. Uh-huh. And Ian tells this great story. Well, he's hanging out with you, and he's so happy to be with you guys because he loves you guys, and he's just a, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a fucking groupie. Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, and he just all of a sudden says that you and Benji just go at each other. <laughs> In this car, and all of a sudden, both of you—I think both of you—walked out of the cab or something like that. And Ian stuck in the cab by himself, and the driver's like, "Well, where to, buddy?" <laughs> that sounds—that sounds like something we do. Yeah. I do not recall this, okay. but uh, it right. sounds. I might have it wrong. I might have, maybe believable. one of you stayed in the cab, but but definitely, you know. Wait. You and you and Benji have some good times. We have, yeah, yeah. we we definitely have hair triggers that yeah. only the other one can can pull. Yeah, for sure. And no one has told me "fuck you" more than my brother, and probably yeah. vice versa. Well, you know, right, you can yeah. you can say that to your brother, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't you can say it to anyone. Well, sure, you can. You can. I don't. It's, I try not to. It's, it's I try not to line with him. You kind of cross, you know. It's like yeah. uh, it, there's a certain amount of respect that that like in my band we try to to uh, you know maintain. You guys are adults and well, professionals. We are neither. Apparently. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, the brothers brothers always seem to be going at it. You know, the Everly Brothers. Uh, you know. Uh, Ray Davies and, and that's a classic uh, you know, brother yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the kids Oasis, are always going the Gallagher's. Oasis, the Gallagher's yeah the Gallagher yeah. brothers yeah yeah, yeah I, re- I, I, I I'm always people always remind me of fights they saw which are completely out of my mind but like apparently uh, my wife tells a story about how we started arguing on stage kind of off mic but kind of not and we both very calmly put our guitars down in their stands, mm-hmm. like gentlemen, and then started a fist fight. Oh, really? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. We're not fucking up with the equipment, okay? We're not right. fucking up the equipment, but fuck you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That's where well, fuck you goes. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. It definitely can, can lead to, uh, to blows being thrown. You yeah. Know, throwing some hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you. But then the, the other side of that is like if somebody fucks with one of us, it's the... It's two on one, you know, sure. or whatever. Sure. Yeah. So, all right. Let's so let's backtrack because uh, you're exciting to me. You really are. So let's backtrack. Right back at you, Manny. Yeah. Um, Manish. You're from Alaska, mm-hmm. but you're you come to New Orleans. When do you come to New Orleans? You're born in Alaska, right? 
I'm actually not. My brother is, but I, I lived there from You're the adopted? age of five. No, my, oh, no, my parents moved up there for the oil boom right, in the 70s. Yeah. Okay. My brother was born there, but uh, I came to Tulane in 1988 okay. as a freshman. So that's okay. what got me to New Orleans, okay. was right. Tulane. And yeah. your brother followed? And he also went to Tulane. Okay. So yeah. you guys were smart kids or just had a money? Uh, smart. Okay. Not money. Yeah, yeah like my you dad have to be smart to have money my, to go to Tulane. Well, I'll you know, I'll tell you yeah. I'll tell you why I think I got into Tulane. For the 4 years I was at Tulane, you know, they have the map every year like Tulane students come from everywhere, sure, all over sure. the world. Diversity map, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they'll be like yeah. 5,000 people yeah. from the northeast and Right, yeah. You know, Alaska one. And I think they you. just wanted to fill out the map. Okay. Yeah. I think I was the map filler. Yeah. Okay. I swear. Okay. Yeah. And then when I graduated... Because you were from Ice Station Zebra yes. in Alaska, right? <laughs> you were from Ice Station Zebra. That's right. You know, they had to have a, promote that, you know, as a kid, as a, as a college, and you're the kid. So you, what do you graduate in? What's your major? So I graduated undergrad in, in biology. In Jewish studies? No. no. Uh, yeah, in uh, <laughs> Jap studies. <laughs> Jap studies. <laughs> no, I had a, actually, yeah, my, all of my first girlfriends were all like... Uh, not just Jewish American princesses, but like sorority girls. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was like dating. And you're a good-looking guy. And sure. you're. I don't you're, know about that. I, you're a good-looking guy, and you probably you scored charisma. big time. I'll you tell know. you what. When I got to, to Tulane, I, I coming from Alaska, I was the biggest hick on campus. Okay. I, I had right. I had because cut off instead Dio of a shirts. dorm, you were in an igloo, right? I was in an <laughs> igloo. I chewed tobacco. You chewed tobacco. That, okay. that is okay. real. I yeah. chewed tobacco when oh, I got there. Okay. So. No, I was the opposite of cool. The opposite of cool. All right, so when does music happen? In Alaska or when you come down here with your brother, who's a guitar player? Well, music... Who owes me like 80 bucks. Does he? Yeah, that's well, good. That's then, a whole other story. Then you never have to talk to him. Yeah, exactly. So that's worth it. Well, that's I a, want him on this show, that's though. A low, yeah. That's a low, uh, low bar. Yeah. Um, so when does music so happen? So I, I grew up playing music, uh, piano lessons, sax lessons, and then I quit because I was like... Fuck you, mom. I don't want to fucking me. Right. And for all of high school, I didn't play music. But once I got to Tulane, one of my uh, friends on my floor, Sharp Hall, uh, floor three. Which is gone now. Is it gone? No, I have no oh, idea. Okay, well, let's say it's gone. <laughs> oh, no. I don't He's know. like, I we're right. starting a band. And I'm like, I don't know how to play anything. He's like, here's a bass. Any idiot can do it. So that's how I got started. <laughs> I started playing bass <laughs> in Critical Dump, of okay. all things. That was my first two-lane band, Critical Dump. And you just played on campus or local bars? Yeah, we like played that. like Muddy Water. What year is this? This is like 90, 91 to, okay. to like 94. But what kind yeah. of music is it? It's it's rock and roll. Okay. Yeah, all it's right. rock, but I'm the bass player, Okay. So, and I'm not the singer. So we have a singer, a guitar player, drummer, yeah. Okay. me, and uh, we all lived in in the same dorm and then later we were all roommates at our first at my first apartments you know together right. so. so does this band do any, have any success I what mean, was the name again Critical Dump okay I mean uh, we played a lot I mean uh, back then so a classmates of mine were like um, McMurray and he was in oh, okay. a million bands back then he was in that that Alex guy was in McMurray a, Alex McMurray was in a frat I really, a frat I with can, my yeah, first drummer, Mike Mark yeah. Brill. They I were the see him hazing people, but they were the stoner frat. Yeah, so they they would they were the ones yeah. you went to their party and there'd be like you could get mushrooms and acid. Okay. And, yeah, yeah. So so he was in like 
he was in all the bands. He was like in the Vince Berman trio. Um, I don't know if he was in it or not, but do you remember Smiling Myron? I didn't move here until 2001. Oh, sure, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were, we were kind of part of that scene, but they okay. played funk and we played rock and roll. Right. So we, yeah. we could go to Zeppelin's in Fat City, uh-huh. but we couldn't go to, say, uh, I don't know where those guys played, to be honest. But it was like know, Jimmy's. Yeah. The Maple Leaf. Yeah. Maple Leaf. Yeah. Tips. Okay. If we were lucky. You know, that All right, so you graduate or you get kicked out. What happens? I graduate. Uh-huh. My parents, I fooled my parents into thinking I'm going to be a doctor, but I'm oh. not ready. And I, didn't, I wanted to go to film school, but I didn't get in anywhere. So I went back to the biology department, and they gave me a job. They said, you have to enroll as a PhD student. Okay. So I, I, I went into the PhD program for cell and molecular biology, and I taught and studied for three years. And then after I got to the point where, okay, now you got to do your PhD project, I quit. I, <laughs> they gave me a master's as a going away present. Oh, wow. well, yeah. that's sweet. Yeah. So uh, what happens? Your, your brother yeah. moves down. He goes to Tulane also. So he already knows, unlike me, he's like, I'm going to be fucking rock and roller. He's going to be a rock star. He's like a, ju- yeah. you know, yeah. a, a young guitar prodigy. Okay. So he, taught, he goes to Tulane Music Department, and I swear the last two years, he, he never went to class. He talked them into an independent studies thing because he's like, hey, unlike the other assholes in the music department, I'm actually already playing in bands in a band that's on the road. Right. You guys should not stop that. You should encourage that. Wow. <laughs> they were what like, band was that? They, they bought that, that was Supergroup. That was Supergroup. Yeah. Okay, and, all right. And they were that's like, all right. Get to. Okay. Yeah, all right. Supergroup, yeah. which is an amazing band. And you guys were together for what? Six years? 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. And I remember the, one of the first times I ever like, sat and watched you was at uh, Chaz Fest. Which I one? W- well, the one that I was asked to tell jokes at. <laughs> early or late? Early. Very yeah, early. Oh, or like yeah. 2000. Yeah, 2003 or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Jeff Treffinger, a former guest on the show, we used to help do Jazz Fest because it was at the truck farm. Sure. And um, who is your drummer? Who's your drummer? Uh, at that time, it, it was it was either Mark Brill or, or, or Bruggen, Mike Bruggen. I don't know. Yeah. But... So Jeff talked me in to say, Manny, I need you to fill like 20 minutes before Supergroup comes on. <laughs> on the small, <laughs> I that forgot little about sm- this. Yeah, remember, remember, remember that? Yeah, remember this? this? Yes, remember yeah. this? And I said, well, okay, I, I, could do tw- I could do 16 minutes. I don't know about 20 minutes. Or I could do 14 minutes. But um, I need someone to do rim shots. That's he, right. Yeah, he got... And he did it. He got your drummer to do it for me. And I was... There was this one girl in the audience, because you know they had a little shack stage, that little shack? Yeah, That's yeah. where I played, and you guys were setting up on the big stage. And there was this one girl who was fat, and she was not liking any of my jokes, because it's just basically like, it's like any young man, it's like Roddy, you know, ba-dum, boom, ba-dum, ba-dum, yeah. ba-dum, and finally she was screaming and yelling insults at me, so finally I said, okay, fuck, I got three minutes left, you're my target. And I just started doing fucking fat jokes. Oh, shit. Tons of fat jokes. F- tons of fat jokes towards her. And n- nobody's laughing. <laughs> nobody's oh, wow. laughing. But I think what happened, if I remember correctly, we go to your stage, because it, it was like, you know, 
and was like, all right, everybody, super group. And I think it was you or Benji goes, thank you, Manny Sherman, <laughs> for that intro. I think it was Benji. I, sounds like Benji. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like Benji. But that girl, um, the last, the, my very last joke, which I always end in, um, she laughed hysterically, which was, you know, they all laughed when I said I wanted to be a comedian. Well, they're not laughing now. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good joke. Yeah. Yes. That's a fine joke. So, okay, Supergroup. Yeah, that was fun. I remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. All right, Supergroup, you start in the early 90s, and what happens? You guys start touring, you become big. Who do you tour we with? We start touring. Um, we actually play a lot around town and in, the, and in the early days, and Jeff Treffinger, when he's still at The Mermaid, he re- we, we don't have any money. We tried to make a record, and we gave all the money we had to Jimmy Ford. Oh, wow, okay. And... We never got a record out yeah, of it. Yeah. So we're out of money, and Jeff's like, well, I got a, I got a two-track, I think he had a 16-track yeah. half-inch tape yeah, thing in the closet. In the, in the there, closet. Yeah. He's like, I'll record you, and then maybe you can get a song or two out of it. And we just were like, this is great. Great job, Jeff. And we put it out as a record, and we <laughs> called it Supergroup Live at the Mermaid. So it was a pretty good set. And, but the, the benefit of sending that out was... And then that year, we went and played South by Southwest. The benefit of doing that is people hear the record. They don't know what you're, if you're good live. This was like, this is what you're going to get. Right. And because we made a splash at South by Southwest and we're handing out this live show disc, immediately every club in the country, when we'd call, they'd be like, yeah, we'll have you. And, and that's how it started. Excellent. And yeah. you guys were a, a dynamic live band. It's not, not only were you super rocking, but there was an element of humor that, that people picked up on because it's so rock and roll. It's almost like, to, to the point of parody, like Iggy, like, yeah. a, like a Stooges type thing, you know, where it's... You know, we always, we always tried to walk that line of like, yeah, we're very serious about our rock and roll, but we're not going to take ourselves seriously. Right. We're going to have fun, and we want the audience to well, have fun. Well, that's what I loved about yeah. your brother, because he would just go up and down like Angus Young or something like that, you know, and just, just really milk it as much as possible. Yeah. So this, start, this band starts in the early 90s. and Late when, 90s. Late, late 90s, 90s. And yeah. the success starts in the early 2000s? Yeah, around there. Okay. All right. So we're probably on the road from like 98... To 2002, when we so like four years before we get signed, and you can always tell these promoters, "Fuck you, man! We're Tulane graduates, right?" (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I I got a story about that. Like (laughs) nobody wants to talk to the band. You guys know this. They think they basically think, "Oh, they're the artists. They're flaky. They're idiots." That's I mean, even if you're not, or even if they know you, generally they're like. I don't want to deal with this. So I came up with the idea that we needed a manager, but nobody would manage us. So I just made up a fake name. And I would call and correspond as Bruce Bigsley. Okay. Instead of Bruce Lee, Bruce Bigsley, the supergroup manager. And you get way farther as a third party 
than you do as the band. Right. Well, it's always hard to sell yourself. You know, yeah. it's a, you feel uncomfortable. You know, you, it's like people have a certain you know the you know self consciousness about it. But if you can, if you're a normal human being, well, yes, well, yeah. yeah. But so that's why people really need managers, so you can somebody can really give the hard sell. So right. You you just invented a persona that you could do that. For yeah. Them, you know? And Bruce Bigsley. So, but you know, it was so much work that we'd have to often have to split up the duties. So Benji would be calling as yeah. Bruce Bigsley, and sometimes we'd get the streams crossed. <laughs> so it'd be like, Bruce, you just called me. Why is your voice different? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we did that for years and we, we so like the first band that took us on tour were the Super Suckers, who we loved. They were like the first like big brother band to us and they this you remember Camel Camel Money? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah Camel yeah. Bucks. Yeah. Camel, Camel Bucks, Bucks. and yeah, like sure. they would you could go to shows and they would pay for like cl- they get, just give clubs money to put on shows. Yeah. They were putting on all they these got those smokes. Yeah, people stuff, would yeah. you gave out smokes. So we went on, the first tour was a camel tour where they sponsored Super Suckers, us and this band Zeke. Super Suckers, are they from here? They're from uh, Seattle. Okay, yeah, that's right. Seattle band, okay. Yeah, and we are definitely like their little brother. So when when do the record companies come and start getting, biting some interest? So Bruce Bigsley was always like, yeah, sending out records, and aka yeah. you, the hard worker, man. It's, it's, yeah, you know. Bruce Biggs, always yeah. working it, and yeah. uh, we actually had a lot of interest. We got a, we got, actually got a real manager for a while. It didn't work out, but like Slayer's manager, he was no Bruce Bigsley. He was no Bruce Bigsley, and anyway, he got us like a couple of offers that we turned down. Yeah, because we're that fucking stupid. They're okay. like, look. We think you're good live, but we want to have songwriters come in and write for you. Oh, shit. Oh, and no. we're like, Bruce said that. no. Bruce yeah. said no. And yeah. so we finally got an offer from uh, Food Chain Records, which is a little lab- indie label, but they loved us and they loved what we did, so we went with them. Right. That was, I think we signed in 2002 and we made our first record at Treffinger's studio with, uh, at, on, on, uh, what is the, what did they used to call that? The truck farm. The truck, truck farm. farm. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Was that with Trina? With Trina. I remember walking in on that session and listening to you guys and thinking, God, this sounds like the first few Alice Cooper records, which I love. Wow. And, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was. We had such a fun time making that. And Goat. Goat was yes. who became our live guy later. But Goat was in that. It was engineer for that. So who just got married. Shout out to Goat. Just uh, he and Goat's Helen married. Jolay, just Helen, he oh, and Helen Jolay. Just good for him. I don't know good for Goat both is. of them. He's you a know Goat. great engineer. Um, what happened engineer. to Soup Chain? Remember Soup Chain? Uh, he, Soup yeah, Chain. I haven't thought. I haven't heard of him past. in like 10 yeah, years. He was yeah. a dope fiend well, with yeah. Kelly Keller. <laughs> yeah. That's who tough. died of an overdose. That's tough. That's yeah. Tough. yeah. But that, I think Soup Chain got his shit together and he's living in some hovel somewhere in St. John Parish or well, something Well, now that like we brought that. up Kelly, I, I thought of you when, I mean, I thought about this when, when we had... I brought up Kelly. Well, you yeah. didn't bring her up. Okay, Manny. I it's brought not her a competition. Up. Okay. <laughs> not a competition. All right. So we're in All this right. together, Manny. Yeah. We're pulling right. in the same So direction. you say... Okay. <laughs> anyway, so you have a strong Kelly Keller connection as well. It's, yeah. This, Kelly Keller is sort of the, the, the patron saint of this podcast. She comes up almost every Oh, is that episode. right? Yes, really? Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we love Kelly. All right. So Ke- my Kelly, so I knew Kelly back when she was dating Bill Davis. Oh, wow. Yeah, from way back. Dash Rip Rock. Yes. And she was there, Bruce Bigsley, yes, essentially. Oh, okay. 
And later, I worked for her at the Circle Bar for a couple of years. I did a bunch of afternoon shifts. And then when my wife and I bought The Saint, I didn't know how to run a bar. So we brought her in, and she was a partner with us. And her financial backer was Nat Friedberg, the singer from The Upper Crust. Oh, okay. So, like, Sean and I, like, I was going to do the work, and Sean paid my you know, our half mm-hmm. and Nat paid their half. So, she, so Kelly and I started the saint together with Sean and Nat. Right. Yeah. So Kelly. And, and do you Kelly, still have the saint? No, we sold it okay. in 2008 to this guy, Jack Curry, who owns uh, that Defend New Orleans Did brand. he take down my Manny from Air sign? I would assume, yeah. Oh, fuck. Because yeah. you guys had the Manny from Air sign forever. Forever, yeah. The saint, yeah. And then a few years later, my brother bought it. From him, so now it's back in the family. But oh, right Benji on. owns it. Yeah. Oh, I can give him a sign if you, you want. You should give it to Benji. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give it to Benji. Yeah. But listen, um, we'll talk about your wife. She's a very famous musician. Why don't you tell us who she is? So I, you, you hooked up with her. We met in like '98. Yeah, I, and my wife is a very good friend of your wife. Yeah, not. Yeah, you know, they don't go out together, do things, but they they're in contact. They they love each other and. Okay. She's so a lovable person, yeah. and she played bass for White Zombie, right? And uh, moved down here, and I met her of all places at the. Um, um, why am I blanking? Decatur and Esplanade, Checkpoint Charlie's. Oh wow, that's where wow. We yeah, Jeez. classy. So yeah, yeah. classy, classy. Place. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. twenty-one years later. Yeah. Of yeah. course, how romantic! Right on. But well, she yeah. also, it's I got all to, uphill from there. I got to know her also through Rick Slave because they had a band together. Yeah, who's a former guest? Here. Rock Rick, City More. Rock City right. More. Yeah. yeah, which is a great band. They were kick-ass yeah. band, and they wrote a lot of good songs, yeah. and they played all over the world. It was yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how you guys are happily married? We're happily married. In fact, when we first met, she was getting out of White Zombie, and she was still, you know recognized everywhere super famous so she wanted to do a but she wanted to do a band mm-hmm. so she came up with this idea to have masks on and did this surf garage band called famous monsters uh-huh. so she dresses in as devil doll all in red uh-huh. and and her drummer is she zilla all in green and her guitar player was Vamp- vampira Lady Van... I, don't, I forget. Vampira. Something like all that. all-girl band? All-girl band. Okay. All-girl trio. And they put out a record on Estrus. So we were touring a lot, and they were touring a lot. Oh, okay. At the same time. So it was... It, so you kind of hooked up. Looking, looking back, it's kind of funny. We were both in like these really underground, shithole-playing bands. Right. Where we were on the road so much, but, you know, it kind of worked. So yeah. did Supergroup ever play Alaska? We have played Alaska. Okay, wow. yeah. cool. Yeah, it was not cool. It was no, like it was freezing. It was freezing, <laughs> and nobody cared. And was it a club or like an army base or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. It was no. We played we played Fairbanks and Anchorage, and they were proper clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just 
It was. It wasn't like. It wasn't the big hometown. You boys thought it'd be some it. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah you big thought it'd be like that. Yeah, no, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like that. It was like a bunch of <laughs> the regulars in the. Who the fuck is this? Well, we have a big, a big uh, population turnover, right? Like um, the oil fields, and yeah. the, the fisheries. You know. It's well, by the time we went back there, I'm in my. I'm nearly thirty. It's been right. like twelve years. Right. Like, Everybody's nineteen. That's yeah. The, yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but you guys play like. 1200 live shows as a band opened for or played shows with all these bands all your all your heroes Alice Cooper you know uh, Reverend Horton Heat Queens of the Stone Age sure yeah you know, and we we uh, had uh, Dave Ketching on as a guest here oh before. fantastic uh, he's, he's one of, a, still one of my best friends yes now now did did Sean play in the, in the cramps as well right did she do a short time with, she, with as the bass player in the cramps she actually they, the cramps asked her twice to join uh-huh as the bass player, and she, as a Cramps fan, knew that was a nowhere gig. Okay. <laughs> so she said no. Oh, okay. But then they were like, hey, why don't you just do a tour or two with us? All right. And she actually played the very last tour they did. It was like a Halloween, like an October tour. Oh, Halloween. That's not so that is their <laughs> Yeah, it's their fucking, yeah, they owned their, Halloween. Yeah, they right? own Halloween. And yeah. so they would play House of Blues, maybe a little bit bigger, but up and down. They did three weeks, and... Uh, She's got some great cramp stories. Oh, bad. Yeah. Well, and they're, cool they're like her done, favorite well, band. Well, right, we need right, to get no. her on the show. You should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We'll make sure she does that. Yeah, maybe well, put listen, in a good it's, word for it's us. It's time here. to get well. another round. Are you ready for another round? Oh, God. Thank God. Yeah, I've been yeah, yeah. dry so, for a while. Yeah, I think yeah. we're all about, about right yeah. there, about even here. So, right. Okay, well, so we'll uh, I'll buy the next round. Right on. Right on. Okay, we'll be right back. And we're back. Back in the ring room. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Back with Mr. Chris Lee. I am Renee Coman. So, Chris, um, if I could touch on this uh, sensitive racial subject. Sure. Um, Here we so, go. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so, people assume that from your that the fact that you're from Alaska, or we thought you were from Alaska, that you're an that Inuit. you're a communist. No, that well, yeah. that too, but that you're an Inuit because you have a vaguely Asian. I do, uh, but in fact, that's not the case. When I first got to Tulane, I would get. And I still get these a little bit. It's like, uh, oh, you're from Alaska. Are you, are you, did you grow up in Igloo? Are you... Uh, right. do I you, think you're an Eskimo. Do you, are you an Eskimo? Right. And I would always answer, yeah, yes, I am from the tundra. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you eat whale fat. I eat whale fat, and I fuck the killer whales in their blowholes. But, I mean, looking at you, looking at you, you got fucked. You got laid a lot at Tulane, I'm sure. I got what? You got laid a lot at Tulane because you gave those Japs your whale fat, right? Yeah, they like the fatty. Yeah. <laughs> and then your brother Benji came down and ruined it for you, right? Or yeah. well, you know, he did. He was not blessed with the same things. I, I, I kid, I kid. He's my little brother. No, uh, I, I, my father is uh, immigrant from Hong Kong. He's, okay. He, yeah. He was born in the town of Lee in Canton. Okay. He uh -oh. fled there during World War II and ended up as a refugee in Hong Kong, later Macau. Okay. His father and mother both were uh, were working. You know, they were in the army of Chiang Kai Shek, mm -hmm. who lost world the the, the to the communist Chinese nationalist yes. Chinese. So his father was in Macau. When he's like five years old and using CIA money to bomb the gas, excellent the, the, the yeah. gas uh, tankers that right. are are they go in Hong Kong Harbor and all the way to Korea, the Korean War, mm -hmm. and they caught him. Wow! 
and they demand China, Red China demanded that they kill him, you know, execute him. And Portuguese, the Portugal government was like, no, we're not going to kill one of our own things, but we will because they're scared of China. They we will they, torture. They put him in jail in Timon, another colony of Portugal, fifteen hundred miles away hmm. in the middle of nowhere, under house arrest. And his mother went with him. So my dad was left in, a, in Hong Kong by himself from the age of like six to wow. when he came to America. Crazy. And then <laughs> he lands in L.A., how does, East LA. How does he get to he goes, LA? He goes in and out. So he's so he's uh, <laughs> he goes so he's a uh, Alvarado Street. <laughs> he's a uh, the 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 schooling is different. So he finishes Hong Kong high school, but he still has one his senior year in in America, and he's at a a Catholic school. And they oh, sent him to the a sister Catholic ever. school yeah, in East yeah. LA. Yeah, yeah, so it's wow. it's him. And 240 cholos, right, right, in East LA, yeah. and he become he was really good at soccer, and so he was the captain of the California soccer championship team from this school, East wow. LA, tiny East, East LA, East LA oh, crazy, man. but the resulting the resulting thing was he he really learned English from a bunch of Mexican Americans. Wow! So to this day, he kind of like talks like a Mexican, really, excellent, like a Mexican, vato <laughs> loco, man, and then, yeah, and, yeah, he's all like. Mm, he's always uh, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is he still alive today? Yeah, yeah. He's still in Excellent. Anchorage. He's still doing oh, his shit. And then, he, and then he went to un- the University of Missouri, where my mother and he met. And she's a farm girl, first person in her in her family to go to college, and a Pentecostal preacher now. She is. Yeah. She comes from a line of Pentecostal. A line preachers. of them. Yeah. So I, I read in your bio that your grandfather was a snake handling. Pentecostal preacher. That's absolutely true. Like a tent, oh. a tent preacher. Nice snake handlers. Like and that. so I grew up that way. And so it's the strangest combination. So, of so your father grew up with the Catholics, but you're Pentecostal, right? Yes. You you personally are. Okay. Yes. Right on. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not snakes? religious now. No. Never handle snakes. Just when for it, fun. You know what? By the time my generation came around, they they were trying to tamp that down. Sure. Sure. So it was more like their entertainment would be like. The Christian blank. Like, if you liked Liberace, there was a Christian Liberace. Really? If you liked... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so that, was, that was the thing that got people excited was okay. the musical acts. Entertainment. But they, yeah, yeah, but yeah. They, were, they were, like, based on popular genres. So right. are you afraid or do you want the Chinese to take over the world? <laughs> I don't think... Yeah, you know what? I, I think it's okay if the Chinese take over the world because all their last names in China sound like slang for cock. <laughs> you know what? Agree I, or disagree. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Lee? Do you think Lee's cocky? I think it's a little cocky. Oh, Wang. Wang, yeah. Chang. Yeah. Chang. It's, yeah. It's all kind of... My dad told me this thing, and, and, which I never thought of. But he's like, you know, in America, if you are whatever, Spanish, Jewish, Italian, your people, you have your people. They take care of you. Right. In China, it's everyone for themselves. Right. Well, yeah, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. There are a billion Chinese. Why would I help someone else? I help myself. <laughs> well. Which I think is true. 
So no, I do not. I do not want the Chinese to take over the world. <laughs> okay. they're, well, they're I don't want anyone to themselves. take over yeah. the world. You know, I don't want anyone <laughs> no, to take over that, the world. That, that, that helps me to pivot to your record, which is uh, is called "Protest Songs and Party Anthems." The yeah. the Chris Lee. It's my record. first solo record. It's first yes. solo record. Yeah. So I, I like the way you split it up between. Uh, protest songs and party anthems. It's something for everyone, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, you know, if it was just party anthems, it'd be right. a supergroup record. Okay. Right. If it was just protest songs, it'd be a Joan Baez record. Yeah, it'd be boring, too. It'd okay. be like someone fucking, like your teacher bitching you out, you know? Right. So I thought, and plus, I just don't have that many. Well, yeah, I, I don't have each. that much in me. I'm a, I'm a naturally... I want to see the humor and stuff. Maybe it's a defense mechanism, but not well, maybe. We're, it we're, is a defense mechanism. We're trying to laugh to keep yeah. from crying. Exactly. Clearly. So, yeah. but, so the, the first uh, single that I heard that, that knocked my socks off was Hail to the Strong Man. That, and I thought, you know, how, how apropos of, of our time, you know? It's, yeah. Because it is globally. I mean, we have our president who's clearly, you know, uh, aspires to be a strong man. All of his, his followers are looking for a strong man. But, yeah. but it's a global trend, you know? We have it in all these countries that used to be uh, democracies now are volunteering yeah. to turn over power to these, these I, tyrants. I don't get it. You know, like, uh, it's like they always say the thing about history. You don't, if you don't know it, you you repeat it, and it's like, did everybody remember we got rid of kings for a fucking reason? Right. And now people want another king? Right. Are you kidding me? Fuck then, the kings. And do you remember uh, World War II, where we, we had democracies that volunteered to mm-hmm. turn themselves over to, uh, to strongmen, and it yeah. didn't turn out well? It doesn't it? go well. No, it no, never no. goes well. No. And it's a scary... I really think this is the scariest time. I mean... You look back in history, everybody's like, oh, they, every generation thinks they're the, it's the worst ever. Name a worse time than now. Okay. I don't think there is. Yeah, has it's, been. it's really bad. Yeah. It's also a really bad time for me, for, for rock and roll. What's going on with rock and roll? You're a rocker. You had a band that rocked. It's 2000, what is it, 2019? Where are the rock and roll bands? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you a quick story. So in the efforts of getting this, doing due diligence and putting this record out, okay. I tried to get, you know, it'd be nice to have a label. I knew it wasn't likely. It'd be nice to have radio push. I knew it wasn't likely. But I went down those roads. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to some old friends who had been paid to put Supergroup on the radio. And you know how that works. It's like you got to have a certain amount of money to just get in the game, and then if something takes off, then you got to have a lot of money to, to chart. Yeah, It's still pay-to-play. It yeah, still yeah. is, right? Okay. It's supposedly illegal. It's Payola, supposedly illegal, whatever. but they figured out a but Yeah, workaround. Yeah, a yeah, workaround. Yeah. So I talked to these guys who do the workaround for a living, and um, one, one old friend was like, uh, he's like, look, it's a good record. It's full of guitars. People my age, he's like our age, you know? Mm-hmm. People my age and older will like it, but listen to the radio. There's only three bands that have guitars in them that get on the radio for whatever reason. The Foo Fighters, the Black Keys, and Jack White. Okay. If you're not one of those three bands, this is not getting on the radio. Wow. Crazy. He's very straightforward. He's like, that's just how it works. He's like, listen to alternative radio right now. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. He's like, 
unless you want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, no, I already made the record. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> Not fuck you, you have but an like, '80's band. Yeah, yeah you who, a, who cares? You know, you know the so is rock dead right now. Basically, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think I it is. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty dead. I yeah. haven't heard anything in the last four or five years that even you know gets my saliva going at all. Who you know, excites you? Anybody um, in the last 10 years? Nobody excites me, really. Nobody. Not anyone. Um, my daughter, who's gone to jazz, she's 14, 15 years old, and she's kind of into rock, or, you know, but there's bands that she saw at Jazz Fest that I thought were just awful. You know, I'm not going to mention their names, but this is what the kids are listening to. You Do know. you think it's because of what they're offered? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think what's happening, I hope what's happening is it's got to go underground. We have to get something underground going for kids to go out there and see bands that are just fucking doing three chords or whatever and just rocking out. But I don't see that at all. And my daughter's music, I don't see it at all. I don't yeah. see it at all. And, and I try to go out there and reach out for it, and I don't see it at all right now. Well, you know, the kids are still making music. Yeah, That's I know That's encouraging, they are, yeah. but they're on their own in their bedroom with a computer. Yeah. There's a diff- I mean, you're just going to make different music when you're by yourself. You're not going to make a big, loud record. You're going to make a quiet record because you don't want to wake up mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point, too. But if you're a rocker, a real rocker, you don't care what mom and dad said. You don't want to you want to fight mom and dad and say, listen, mom and dad, I'm doing this. Bah, 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 bah. You know, at 11 o'clock at night, you might wake up mom and dad. I don't care. Well, perhaps the uh, I mean, things always come out of pressure. So there's a lot of pressure on these yeah. young kids. And, yeah. And maybe it's coming out. Like, I was talking about this today, the whole cancel culture, right? Hmm, no, that's, go that, on. I don't that's, know you that's the fucking... Mil- cancer the culture? Cancel. Oh, cancel. Okay. Where someone sure tells a oh. joke. Right, right, right. They right. say the N-word 20 years ago or whatever. Right, right, And right. it comes up and they're done, yes. right? Sarah Silverman, uh, uh, perfect but the, example. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is like the, the kid, it's the kid, everyone blames the millennials and Generation Z for doing this. But think about the, from their point of view, they have so much to be mad about. And so, like it, these big picture things, the student loans, and they'll never because of their student loans, they'll never buy a house, and they can't get a job, and all these things that are out of their control. So something they can't control is fucking bitching about somebody else being an asshole. So it's coming out in that way. I'd like for it to come out in a way like the new punk rock or whatever. Right. But as of now, it's like the online mob mentality but it, it, it is it is an expression of anger and that anger is just perhaps a little misdirected it's, but i yes, don't know it's so self-consuming particularly among the left you know it's like the the left is eating itself you know we we have the right the right wing is taking over and the the left is involved in a circular firing squad correct yeah i i couldn't agree more i thought about you oh God, over the God. last five years i'm like this this is a guy who ran for mayor yeah. Way back when and yes. continue to do so. And yeah. he saw it coming. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's very prescient. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like well, why, why aren't more, there are more Manny Chevrolets running for office? We but need a team getting of Manny in. Chevrolets across the nation. Well, because, well, because what happens... To franchise it, this, Manny. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, yeah, I run for mayor every four years down here. 
I say I have the same message. Yes. I have the same message. It's true now as it was in, yeah, in, exactly. in 2001. Yeah, it's the same message. And the message is, and it's the same topics that people are talking about. Well, how are you going to fix the streets? How are you going to end corruption? How are you going to... Yeah, yeah. Like, we're still... Uh, we're in, still talking about this. No, yeah. look, we have... So, so well, friends of ours, you know D.C. Harbold. Sure, right? yeah. Uh, uh, former Troubleman podcast guest. Um, so... Uh, you know, he has the uh, more fun comics on, on Oak Street. It's a great place. Great place. So he's been there for years. He worked there forever, and now he owns the place. At that last flood on the Wednesday before the hurricane hit, whenever that was in you know, August, uh, they had the rainstorm. Mm-hmm. He said he can tell when they turn the pumps on because he's so close to the pumping station. He can feel the vibrations. So they didn't, it started, it started raining, started flooding on Oak Street more than at, in Katrina. Wow. And he said he had water up to his thighs by... Uh, like, in the store? Well, no, in the street. Oh, wow. But they had seven or eight inches of water in the store by like nine o'clock. He said the pumps didn't go on till 1030. <laughs> A.M. So what was the re- what was his now, thinking now, on this? Now he has told us in confidence. I'm gonna gonna break confidence here that a, a few uh, uh, hydraulic engineers have come in and said the city if they you know we have all these pumps that that uh, are supposedly all working and they say that they're they're all working but they can't turn them all all on at one time because if they did it would create such a negative pressure that the city would collapse. So they do triage. Uh, for from neighborhood to neighborhood and turn on the pumps. They have to rotate them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe that? I heard another okay uh, version of this. It and it was in my neighborhood. I live in the Lower Garden District. Someone was like, "I might there's a there's a drain right in front of my house, and when the pumps are on and there's a lot of water, you see this the thing swirling. Yeah. Yeah. You right. see it. Yeah. 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 They didn't turn them on. Right. And their theory was the city realizes they're going to have to get $2 billion to fix it all, and they want the citizenry to be yeah. so upset that yeah, we yeah. agree to new taxes on it. Oh, Jesus. The millage. They call it the, the millage. millage. Yeah, which and is you a- know what? As a citizen, why don't you just be honest with us and say, we fucking need it, and this is why. Don't try to trick people or drown people to make That's them do crazy. it. That's crazy. It's crazy. I did, I did see in, in the... The uh, newspaper the other day, a, a small notice, and they're required to do this. Each each um, group that that receives a millage, like the school board or the surgeon water board, um, it, when when they increase the uh, assessment from the assessor's office, uh, they have to give notice that they're going to roll the millage forward, which means they're going to keep it at the rates it was, which is going to generate a whole bunch more money. You have to print that. And it was a surgeon water board uh, giving notice at a very like a three by three inch uh, notice in the time. In, That's in how they the, did it, and, and said we 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 this is official notice because they're legally obligated to advertise it. Yes, and so we're rolling it forward. It's going to generate ten million dollars more a year to the surgeon water board. We would all be happy with that if we thought that money was going to to uh, you know. What to, it's supposed to go yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, listen. Let's go back Sorry, to we're getting super off track. group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Millages. Yeah, 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 back yeah, to rock and roll. Well, hey, yeah, we yeah, live in New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, we're all it's a far ranging podcast here. All right. Supergroup. What's their biggest? You know, every group. I had a group. You know, we, our big thing was two free stooges. Yeah, two free. You know, our thing was in the early '90s. We toured. With, we opened at the Chili Peppers, and then we all went to Alvarado Street and died. Um, okay, <laughs> all right. Except but, for Manny Chevrolet. Yeah, he's a cockroach. Um, so, can't, can't, super can't keep group. Him down. What's your you know, what's your high point? You know, what are you opening for Metallica? Are you are you uh, are you opening for ACDC? We had three big hits. On, we had, you know, we yeah. had. It there was never like some one big moment. It was like we just worked and worked and worked, and we were on the road a lot. So it's we about, got to, man. you know, we got good. Mm-hmm. I'd say like the last couple of years when we were really good and we're 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 breaking into Europe and we're. Instead of like, and in Europe, it felt like way different from here. Hmm. You go to you go to Spain or Norway or France or Germany or England. You can get on television. You can get on the radio. There's not all these gatekeepers. And when you do that, you go to your show and they're all sold out. Wow. I felt like, wow, why weren't we just? Why did we bother with North America? Why didn't we just come <laughs> here? Right, right, right. So what year was this? This was like towards the end. So towards like two thousand. Seven, eight, nine, okay. ten, you know. Oh. Uh, but yeah, we we were doing the European festival circuit. That that was highlight. People must have loved you guys because you're so American. They did love us. Yeah, we 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 got always we always got a great great response. I mean, the thing is, is we always got a great response whether there were four people or four thousand. Yeah, because we were. We prided because ourselves in being consistent. Out, yes. You know, we're putting on the same show regardless. <laughs> yes. I, I thought that was important. I, yeah. I I took a lot of lessons from like coaches. Yeah. All right, you well, know. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> but as far as like, nah, that's what were, I wanted to hear yeah. from you. I wanted to hear. You know, it's like, okay, it you're did on the become road. a job though. It oh, did well, become it's a job. always a yeah. job. Well, it has to. Yeah. Yeah. It has yeah. to be. You know, it's like it's always if, a if, job. If, if if you don't work hard at something, what's the, what's yeah. the point of doing it? You know, because yeah. you have that 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 Asian. <laughs> Work ethic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And there's two of us. So it's me and my brother. And then yes. when things are frustrating, we take it out on each other. Right, so right, right. That's why it became, that's a lot of why it became not fun. So it's, it's an like, amazing yeah. story. Two Alaskan boys come to New Orleans and form a heavy metal rock band called Supergroup. And you, you tour. So what was the biggest band you opened for? I always like to say Alice Cooper, you know. Okay, like, cool. Because he you also opened for White Snakes. So. We opened. <laughs> we toured with White Snake. <laughs> we toured with. Oh, okay. You would well, not. I wouldn't I mention mean, that. Yeah, would, back to yeah, Alice Cooper. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. We played with lots of. You know, we played with the Foo Fighters four times. And okay. But you know, the thing about playing with the Foo Fighters is that their hardcore fans are fighting to get up front. Yeah, and they're fighting Foo. And they're waiting. Yeah, they're fighting foo. Yeah, they and fight they foo, cannot, which is a lot. Wait, yeah. I don't know what foo is. They're so excited yeah. for you to get off the stage. Yeah, I know. You know, <laughs> so the first fifteen rows are just basically flipping you off the well, whole that, time. Well, that reminds me of like in the early eighties. Um, I had this girlfriend, and she had a best friend, and um, uh, what was that? English beat. You know, mod music mm, was huge. Yes, yes. English Beat was touring America. It's like 1981 or 82. English Beat has a 
unannounced show in L.A. And all of a sudden, everyone's rushing to get tickets to that show. And I got tickets for the show for my girlfriend and her friend. But the opening band, because they were on tour that year, was R.E.M. R.E.M. was that band opening for a surprise show for English Beat. Because English Beat just made it huge. And go to this show. It's a country club in Reseda. Wow, really? I remember the story. Go ahead. And, and, And the poor guys from R.E.M., are playing a show, and everyone there are, are, are fake poser mod guys, you know? <laughs> you know? And they don't care about a bu- bunch yeah, of guys yeah, that yeah. are playing from, like... From uh, Athens, Georgia? Yeah, Where Athens, are they from? yeah, yeah. They're yeah, yeah. playing very yeah. chimey, yeah. Uh, you know, and very... So uh, R.E.M. is playing, and they're getting <laughs> spit on and oh thrown tomatoes <laughs> on and stuff like that. I'm thinking, like, oh, these guys are pretty good. I, you, know, you know, I'm like... It's called paying dues, man. Yeah, I'm 20 <laughs> years old. Show no business. That's show yeah. business, baby. And it's like, and, what made and, him and great, Michael man. Stipe, Michael Stipe, at the end of the show goes, and they're throwing things at him because they want the English beat to come on, and poor R.E.M., yeah. you know, they're throwing, and Michael Stipe says, thank you very much, L.A. <laughs> <laughs> He's a gentleman. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Yeah, they got just booed wow. up. And the English beat comes on, like an hour later, and they were just like going through the motions, and everyone loved them because they were just going through the motions. Yeah, you, know? you ever That's... go through the motions? <laughs> For sure. Oh yeah. Right now? <laughs> Not now. No. I mean, right yeah, now. When, yeah. when you're when you're in the middle of it, and it's like, oh, it's Oklahoma City. I'm gonna give it a four. So you had one song on, on your, uh, your record that was uh, called Yellow Soul. And in your description of that, it said, this is to my father who's brainwashed by Fox News to think that he's an aggrieved white man. So true. <laughs> I thought, well, that is a trick. That <laughs> Yeah, that's how powerful Fox News, it is propaganda. And propaganda works. That's evidence yes. to me. Yes. And Girls. so... This, this shout this, out to Garbles. The ens- the incident that I'm referring to is like, I don't get this. I love my dad and I love my mom. I'm not like a kid anymore. Where it's like fuck you. I, I yes. want to, you know, even when they're dicks, I I want to be around them. Right. And my dad <laughs> watches Fox News and Fox Business all day. And so when I got there, I put in the, uh, you know, the parental code thing. Oh yeah. And I was like, these are dangerous channels. And I, and I locked him out of those channels. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Good for you. Good and for you. And he got real mad at me. And so we got in this big, I was like, it's propaganda, Dad. You can't fucking watch that. And he's, he's, he's a Mexican cholo. I mean, a yeah. Chinese cholo. He's so. a Chinese cholo. <laughs> and, and he's giving me, he's Excellent. telling me like, you know, yeah. I came to America Legally, you know, I'm like, oh like, Jesus, yeah, wow, like that really? kind of shit. Like he's giving me like bullet points. You should do what yeah. my wife does to her parents. She walks up while they're watching Fox News. She does this thing called the ass wipe dance, <laughs> where she just <laughs> gets in front of the TV and just grinds her ass towards against the, the floor. Television. Yeah, oh, against yeah. the floor. Yeah, like, the it's called the ass wipe. Dance. Oh man, if everybody did that in like every. 
public place where <laughs> okay. they play Fox. Yeah. Like you're at the you're at the airport waiting. No, I <laughs> love my nation, Trouble yeah. Nation. Check it out. Uh, yeah. Chris Lee's got some, yeah. some advice for you. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're Dude, all looking yeah. for a uh, for a, a form of protest. Yeah, uh, getting back to uh, protests and party anthems. Yeah, you know that's that could be that could be a thing for you. I yeah. take that. I take that in a well, heartbeat. Chris, listen, you've been great. We've got to go now. I have to go now. Yeah. Right on. Thank I you really don't for like you me. people that much. Um, I have to go now. So uh, if you guys want to hang out, you can. But I got to go. But we have to take a picture together. Yes, yes. Right on. Thank you guys. Well, Appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for showing up, man. And you've been a great referee. And I will say, uh, you know, in the troubled nation, we like to say, uh, trouble never ends. But fuck you, Renee. Okay, and this struggle continues. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>